hope you're thirsty, because this is Cincy Brewcast. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. We're back. It's another week, um, another Monday, if you listen to this, the day it drops. If not, I don't know what day it is. It's the podcast. Um, it's always weird talking to people in the future, because I don't really I don't really know when they're listening to this. It could be 10 years from now when somebody's downloading the show, and I'll be like, that fig leaf, this was, was this before or right when they got bought out by AB? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we will talk about that. So... I will say, when I pulled up, I didn't see any limousines in the parking lot. No. Um, nope. You guys are not wearing any kind of fancy suits or alligator boots or no, anything like that. the private jets are behind the building. Um, <laughs> does that mean that the rumors are not true? Let's just jump in right off that. I'm with Brian and Andy from, from Fig Leaf. We are uh, sitting right on the border of Monroe and, Mid- and uh, Middletown. I think technically we're in Middletown, right? Technically Middletown, technically. yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, get right on the mic for me just to make my Yeah, no easier. problem. How's that? Um, that's perfect. So, the rumors. I don't know how they start. I don't know how they grow. But supposedly, uh, the big private jet landed at the Middletown Airport, and they drove down here, and Anheuser-Busch, AB InBev, has purchased fig leaf. <laughs> well, they heard we made a... Um American lager called Hook, and so they flew into Hook Field just to come get it. <laughs> I did learn um, recently, so there was a Hops in the Hangar event up in Middletown at, at Hook Field, yep. and I was talking to um, the folks a few weeks ago uh, leading up to the event, yeah. and um, that the, the runway at Hook Field is like one of the longest runways in the the United States or something. It was like really? a, it was one of like the backup runways for the space shuttle or something because it was long enough. That's crazy. I had no idea. Wow. I didn't either. True, yeah. You never know what you're going to learn on Cincy Brewcast. We we just poured a bunch of beer. I didn't know anything about the airfield. I had no idea. It was a really cool event. Yeah, it was. It was was amazing. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, So, so rumors, not true? Not true. We are not AB and Bev owned? No, not at all. I don't think I've seen an AB and Bev person. (laughs) That you know of. That I know of. You might have seen some Miller Coors people here. Maybe. (laughs) We might have been secret shopped. Who knows? I have no idea. Uh... How did this start? Was it so? Did you guys switch distributors? We we, we switched distributors. Yeah, we uh, we were with uh, Cavalier for a while. Um, I think uh, I think being in this market in this industry with the number of craft beer brands that are out there and a distributor who's known for how amazing they are, representing a ton of craft beer brands, uh, it just you know we were lost in the shuffle and um, we decided to switch. And you know there are other distributors out there who need craft beer in their portfolio. And they're not all AB and Bev owned just because they might have Budweiser that they sell or they might sell Miller or they might sell, you know, some other brewery that's AB and Bev owned doesn't mean that they themselves are AB and Bev owned. Right. Uh, we're with Ohio Eagle and Butler Warren County and they're family owned. They're independently owned. They used to be the Dickerson family in Monroe. And so they're local and they're, they're still family based. Uh, and they had a very huge family feel. And, um, you know, that kind of meshed with what, who we are and what we're doing. And it uh, worked out. And they've gone through a lot of massive uh, changes in growth in the last few years. And I know that one of those things that they wanted to kind of start thinking about more heavily was craft beer. Uh, I think Municipal is also yes. distributed yes. by them. So Absolutely. Um, obviously they have a, a huge local feel for what they, what they want to sell, which... Yeah. Um, it says a lot. It's not you know. It's not somebody that's running around just grabbing up whatever craft brand they can find that'll go with them. It's somebody right. that has uh, has some kind of uh, emotion towards it. I guess is the right. best way I can put it. Well, the, the other thing is, in, you know, in this market, 
Uh, there's a lot of um, breweries that have opened. There's a lot of coming. We talk about it all the time. You know, it's always a subject. It's always a topic. There's only there's only so many places to go. I mean, it's not like it's not like you have a one to one ratio of distributors to breweries. So no matter what you do, you're going to be in a portfolio with other beers. And it's you know it's it's not about the portfolio you're in. It's more about the people and um, you know how they how they do business. And um, one thing we really liked about Ohio Eagle and Butler Warren County is not only is it our backyard that yeah, we wanted sure. to own, and and candidly have not been able to properly own since we've opened. Right. Um, we really love that about them because they were so ingrained in the community. Um, they are a family based company, and we're a family based organization here ourselves right we always get great reviews about supporting families here right. um, kids coming in having board games and everything else and it was a good a really good mesh and I think um, I would rather be culturally aligned to a company no matter what they sell than being with craft because we're craft in this day and age when there's so many of us so I, d- I don't know if I've told the story I think I told it I probably told it last week on the show when I was talking to Adam Cowan out at Old Firehouse. We, um, I know that he kind of probably feels frustrated about some of the issues with distributors. Um, mm-hmm. And I was telling the story how I was at a beer festival. Yep. And, you know, not naming the distributor or the breweries involved, but I was standing at a table kind of, you know, talking to somebody. And right next to us was a table for another uh, great local brewery. And somebody walked up to the table and said, I like sour beers, you know, do you you have anything that, that you think I like and without missing a beat that sales rep from the distributor not somebody from the brewery said oh yeah if you go over there to that table there's this beer you're going to love it and it was another one of their breweries in their portfolio that granted had some great sour beer instead of pointing to something that they were representing at that time and I think that that's a really good snapshot of right. the issue sometimes is that you're selling a lot of different things. It's very hard sometimes to get out of especially at a beer festival where you do have lots of brands around you oh, that yeah. are yours to get out of that mindset and and really represent this brand the way it's supposed to be when it needs to be, you know. I once <clears throat> I once had someone tell me that people are usually not the problem. It's typically the process or or the the culture. Um and I think a lot of what we're experiencing in this market today is there's a culture shift going on. Am I am I doom saying craft beer bubble stuff? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is there's there's inevitably a culture shift where the consumers and the people who sell to the consumers and therefore the businesses who try to market and sell to those consumers and the people that own those businesses that market and sell to the consumers, right? The whole the whole supply chain, there's a in my mind, there's a, a cultural shift going on because um, craft beer is is noisy now, and that's okay. But consumers, I don't think, are able to keep up with the speed of change like people are that are in the industry. We're hard to keep up with the change. Yeah, you know, yeah we I, can't. You tell us all the time. Oh, I this person's eat, opening. Or sleep have you and seen this? Breathe yeah. local craft beer, and I can't keep up with. Yeah, that. it's yeah, amazing. I can't either. It consumes every free moment I have, and yeah. like I still like will find out something like a certain brewery is serving food. Yeah, and like I had what? no idea that that happened. Which yeah. we'll get to that because you're sitting yeah. here eating a pizza that I can't you stop guys eating made it. Here. I hope I leave some left for you. I'm starving. I um, can eat all day. We we will we'll definitely get to all of that. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I, 
I feel like this is a an interesting conversation, and I don't want to uh, to trash big beer. To I mean, not that not that no. anybody cares if you trash big beer, but you know, there's there's this weird shift right now of a lot of people trying to confuse the consumers too, right. and trying to yes. trying to hide behind craft beer and to um, to fill shelves with things that are, I guess you can argue that they are craft, but they're they're. They're not independently they're, they're, owned. They're big beer owned, and yeah. um, it's a strange time for craft beer. I think mm-hmm. the super geeky know when they walk into a store what's what, but yeah. um, I, I think that that's definitely not the average consumer. It's it's, it's a weird time, and um, one that I imagine is uh, stressful for somebody that is you know owning and operating a brewery that is not that old, especially in the grand scheme of things of, right. of craft beer. You know, it's. Um, maybe you guys are veterans here in Cincinnati at this point. I don't know. How, <laughs> how many breweries have opened up since you guys have? <laughs> no idea. I don't know, but I think were we outside of Dogberry, were we numbered the second brewery to open in Butler County? And then what are we up to, like eight here? Yeah, I, I, I don't like know. I, I just remember in the original business plan. I don't know. We no, were pitching I, would have to, I would have to. Let's see. So you've got um, you guys, Dogberry, Municipal, Rivertown. Swine City. Uh, Swine City. Rolling Mill. Saunders right. coming. Uh, that's Warren County. That's Warren County. Oh, that's Warren. Oh, you're, you're doing Butler, aren't we? Um, um, Grainworks. Grainworks. Uh, I feel like we're probably missing somebody. Oh, um, uh, the Quarter Barrel. Yep. Quarter Barrel. Two locations, yep. both in Butler County. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. As somebody who lives like in Butler nine. County. Yeah. It was not that long ago that I was like, why isn't there a brewery in Butler County? Why don't we have a brewery? Yeah, we had that thought. (laughs) Yeah, we did. It was called our business plan. (laughs) Uh, Is there... Is there any kind of... Is there any kind of regret to being where you guys are? I mean, you guys are are straddling kind of right in the middle between Cincinnati and Dayton. And on on one hand, I think that's that's brilliant, and it's a great spot to be to kind of bridge the gap between these two uh, beer cities. But at the same time, it's hard for a city to own you either way. It's hard for the the people in that city to say, this is our brewery. It's not, you know, there's no arguing where Rheingeist is or Madtree is or, you know. It's it's funny. I don't think think we have any regrets externally focused. You know, uh, no regrets about the community, no regrets about the location. You know, we... I think we're early. We're we've early. Had, we've we're had early that in this conversation. Location. I think we're early. We, we see all the development going around. We knew us. that, though. Yeah, we, we knew, knew that. that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because we we talk about it. We say, look, we we knew the decisions we made, and it was that that's we don't regret where we've located. The communities have been great. The consumers have been great. I think we're a little before our time. I think a lot of our not not regrets, but a lot of our. Um, improvements that you have to make being a business owner to stay viable are mostly internally focused. Oh, yeah. You know, they're mostly things that we thought we knew better and we're learning and we're getting better. And we're not egotistical enough to say we were right and you were wrong, right? We know that there are things that it's constant improvement. I, I was telling Andy the other day, we were back in the brew house, and I had... Um, Back when I was in school, I had done some sort of Harvard Business Review kind of thing, and it talked about a guy who was doing ammunition for the war. He was making the bullets and the casings for the war, and was a millionaire. And I'll probably get the details wrong, but there's a Harvard Business Review out there, and I read it 10 years ago. But when the war ended, and it was World War One, 
he was going to go out of business. There was no demand for bullets and bullet casings. So what did he do? He converted his factory into taking those casings and filling them with lipstick because the machines were able to do the right. same thing. Whether I'm filling it with gunpowder or lipstick, I'm still using casings and whatever and complete different business model change. Now, does that mean that we together went into business to make lipstick? Absolutely not. But what it means is that we have no control around the environment around us, right? And I'm not going to have regrets about our location at the time we made the decision. I'm not going to have regrets about the community we located in at the time of our decision. But invariably, by the time we opened, the entire landscape had shifted. That's how rapid everything is right. moving. So we business planned for a year. We sought financing for a year. And then we opened by this second year and a half, two and a half years in process. And the entire landscape had shifted. You know, you, unless you have a crystal ball and, you know, you're in Lord of the Rings or something. Well, and all of this, how can you have regrets? All of this harkens back to, you know, when, when Blank Slate was closing. And yep. people started that discussion of why is Blank Slate closing when they make arguably the best beer. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you heard a lot of these same things from Scott at the time. Absolutely. Of, you know, well, when I opened, it looked like this. When I decided to grow, it looked like this. And yep. by the time all that was done, this is what it looked like. And, right. Right. Um, I, I, it's it's interesting to me to think about you know some of the other places that are opening and or have opened and what they look like or what they planned on looking like and um, how they either are changing to adjust to that or how they maybe aren't. Right. <laughs> and it's a well, uh, it's 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 a definitely interesting to see. Adaptability is key. So. You know, there's a few tenants that you can succeed in business. One is you have to adapt. That's everybody. I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who said, we're on the exact business plan we started with, and everything went exactly as planned. Even the most successful breweries right now wouldn't say that. But one is adaptability, and the other is, I think, appropriately building expectations with the consumers. I still think, at least in the area we've located, one of our biggest challenges is their expectations when they walk in the door. And I think there's a lot of consumers, again, in our area, you know, maybe not downtown Cincinnati or downtown Dayton, but there's a lot in our area bridging the gap who still think they're walking into a restaurant, that they're right. going to have a hostess, mm-hmm. they're going to have a, a waitress or a waiter, that they're going to have table service, right? And, and that's not what breweries are. Right. And it, it's almost being a brewery and being someone who goes to breweries all the time, like I know you guys do, it. It's almost laughable to think that there's that many consumers out there who walk in here and say, I walked into your front door and sat I down. sat at a table in the corner <laughs> nobody and nobody again. came. It's like, well, that's not what we do. You come to the bar, you get your beer, there's food trucks outside. Of course, we've added food, but there's food trucks outside and you know, you, you kind of self-service and you sit down and have a good time. It's, it's amazing for as saturated as we all say the market is, how many consumers have yet to truly experience the industry. Well, I, you know, I, I, I kind of I try to look around at lots of different sources of, of information. Uh, reviews of breweries are one of those things. And I can't tell you how many times I'll see on a Google review or something like that for a brewery. It's like, well, you didn't have any wine or you didn't have, didn't have mixed drinks or you didn't. And it's like, well... You, know, you 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 went to a brewery like yes <laughs> right. you know some places have wine I think you guys have wine yep. but yep. you know 
you shouldn't necessarily expect that when you walk into a brewery. That's a pleasant, you know, addition to some places. Right. As right. is a full bar, some of them have liquor, but you know, that's not it's not what it's necessarily about. That's something that gets right. added on the same with food. You right. should never, you know, expect there to be food. You know, granted you can get online and say, Oh, this one has food and that may affect your decision of where you're going. Right, right. But it's 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 still at the end of the day it's a brewery. It's not not the norm, right? But, but again, that, there yeah. are some breweries that have hostess stands. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> and yeah. uh, that doesn't that's mean it's the norm. Right. But what's great is, um, I, I I worked the tap room. I think it was two Sundays ago, maybe three now. I lose track of time. I have no idea what day it is. I, I, what year <laughs> is it? But uh, it was. I'll, I'll tell you that those discrepancies and expectations are prime opportunities for owners. Right. That that is where we shine. So when I have the opportunity to be in the tap room and I don't have the opportunity to be in the tap room as much as I'd like, you know, we're here all day, every day, we're here 12 hours and I've got family and there's family obligations and Andy too, right? We can't also be here till 10 p.m. every night. But when we do get the opportunity to stay in the tap room, uh, that's where the passion comes out. I mean, I spent probably 45 minutes talking to a guy a couple Sundays ago who knew nothing about craft beer, beers, and... Didn't know how to store them, didn't know how to buy them, didn't know how to keep them, but he knew his family wanted them. And all I did was help him understand what he was buying, how to keep it cold, how to keep it high quality, how to, you know, transport it wherever his family right. was. Fan for life. Well, yeah, the, you know, as, as somebody that's been drinking craft beer for a long time, as I'm sure a lot of people that listen to the show are, the idea that people don't understand a growler <laughs> and, right, right. and you know the, the growlers yeah that that don't understand that yeah i mean it'll last a while unless you open <laughs> right <laughs> that, yeah that trying to like you, know, you see this over and over with people that you know are maybe they're new to craft beer maybe they're not maybe you know their experience with craft beer was not taking it home from a brewery maybe right. it's just buying it at you know jungle gyms or cappies or vcs or whatever that is you know in in packaging you know it's there's a whole different group of consumers in a lot of different areas now that yeah. um, I mean, weren't, weren't necessarily there when you guys opened your doors. Yeah, you know, I think that's like uh, piggybacking off what he said about adapting to the, the new market. Um, we had a lot of requests for wine, cider, food. Uh, people were wanting to to go containers. They didn't have it. You know, we may have glass containers. They don't want glass. We're going right. to a pool. Uh, and that's why we end up, you know, now doing wine and cider. But we also have a crowler machine now because um, people requested it. You know, we're trying Absolutely. to people wanted it. Well, I'm I'm much more likely to to buy a crowler at places Me too. or or I guess a howler when 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 that was you know in vogue. But you know, with the uh, most of the time when I come home at the end of the day, if I've got something that I want to drink, I'm probably drinking it by myself. My wife is running around doing her thing and then falling asleep at eight o'clock. So, because um, <laughs> you have a little one, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. When people always told you, "I'll sleep when the baby sleeps," yeah. I don't think they meant when your baby like gets older that that still is the case. Right? <laughs> There's like a cutoff. My, my wife is going to be telling like, kids going to be like 25. And she, I think she went to bed. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, but, we, we, we drink when but, baby sleeps. So. Yeah, there but, you go. you know, I can, I, can, I can put away 32 ounces of beer, not always 64 at the end of a, a long work day. So depends on, I love depends on the alcohol content. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, 24 breweries have opened up since you guys have to, for the record. 24. 24 oh in our area here? No, no, no. Just, just in it, general? Well, Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. Cincinnati-ish. Tw- 24 wow. since we've opened? 
since you guys opened your doors. Man, that makes me feel good. <laughs> we thought it was a lot more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of beer, we just did like a whole big chunk of a show without drinking any beer, which is... Well, without well, telling people where you you're drinking, been drinking beer. beer. Um, I've been drinking fine. <laughs> from the beer fridge. Got to do from the beer fridge. Awesome. Um, I've been drinking the fast beer. I didn't tell anybody I was drinking it on the show, so um, I've definitely been drinking it because <laughs> I'm, I'm in love with Oktoberfest season, and um, I know that there's a lot of gripe from people about seasonal beers coming out too early or whatever, and um, Oktoberfest beers are definitely not one of those that I think fall into that category. Right. It doesn't matter when you tap an Oktoberfest beer. Like, I think it fits, especially more on the Fest beer side versus the big, heavy kind of Marzen side. Um, we're sitting out on the patio. At, you know, right now it's, it's what, it's 70, not hot. 70, it's 75 degrees, yeah. sunny, the wind is blowing, and this beer just fits absolutely perfect right now to what's going on. So um, it's great. It's uh, light, drinkable. What's ABV? 5.2. Yeah. Perfect, right in the sweet spot of, you know, just enough that, uh, yeah, you can keep drinking it. But if you need to uh, take away some pain, you can drink it a little quicker and yeah. it'll do, do its job. Right. <laughs> there's, there's other options on the tap list. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so I, I love it. There's I just put up a whole big post about Oktoberfest beer in Cincinnati, which has, I think, every... Oktoberfest beer is being tapped or released around town. Um, Andy will tell 33 you thirty-three of them. Andy will tell you that I, I despise Oktoberfest until we open this business. <laughs> um, it wasn't until, you know, he kind of showed me. And then again, I'm not the brewer here, right? Andy, yeah. so I'm I'm the finance spreadsheet guy. So I, I get to sit behind computers and and pretend like I know beer, right? I home brewed, but that wasn't that good. I put jalapenos in it, and people loved it. That was about <laughs> it. So. You could ask some of the base beer wasn't that great. Throw jalapenos in it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, but uh, you know, you have a you have a true style. You get a style that's made like it's supposed to be made, and it's eye opening. Right. Um, and this this Oktoberfest is you know one hundred percent Andy's recipe. Um, and I'll tell you what, I, I can't stop drinking it. And I'm not just saying that because we're on a podcast. So I'm talking to a bunch of people that I don't know, um, that I can't see, but. We didn't brew it early because we wanted to sort of beat the rush from the consumer rush. You know, you know, let, let's get let's get an Oktoberfest out in October. We brewed it because there was a demand of accounts that said, "Look, I have festivals right. starting first at late October." August. Right? Yeah, it was October tenth was the first festival we had to hit. August tenth. Yeah, August tenth was the first festival we had to hit the date by. I th- I th- <laughs> think. That uh, Germania's was it last, last weekend, maybe? Yeah. I, um, is that the German picnic? Um, is that what they call the German, well, no, no, the German no, no, picnic? Is what we hit in Dayton by August 10th. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. There's several of them that we're in. And so. there's something going on every single weekend that yeah. is Oktoberfest-themed until so, the end of October. It's we, my we've favorite been time three, of season. I love yeah, it. We've been Absolutely at three events it. so far with our Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. One event was the Yellow Cab oh. event up in Dayton. And we pretty much went through a barrel of our Oktoberfest in that event alone. But the night was gorgeous. It was perfect weather. I mean, it was, it was it's not fall weather, but it's that you feel the crisp in the air. It's coming. Well, what I love is, like, depending on what the weather's like or what the situation's like, I find myself picking out different things from the beer. Like, right now I get this really great floral thing, and if the, you know, it was, the sun went down and 
they were, I was sitting around a fire pit or something, I might get more of the the, the bready toastiness yeah. kind of from it. Like it's it, it, Experience it, it, it adapts very well yeah. to different situations and and um, like temperatures. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah know. For sure. It's it's fantastic. I. Um, if you have not been up here to get the Oktoberfest, do it because it's amazing. Um, let's try some other ones here. Uh, we should probably start to the side. Yeah. Oh, no. no, I'm sorry. I didn't know which one he grabbed there. Maybe the, maybe the cider. So, I admittedly, as anybody who's heard me try cider on this show before, don't know very much about cider. I know that there are a whole lot of really sweet candy like ciders yeah. around and I <laughs> so I, the... <laughs> I can appreciate that in some situations but right. that's not what I want <laughs> no I do not like the sweet side either so that's why this one's pretty dry um, I don't like a lot of sweetness candy Kool-Aid cider myself so this is much much on the drier side with uh, peach added to it oh yeah Oh, that peach is nice. Yeah. So what's it's what's the name of it? Peach impediment. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> because the tartness puckers your lips, you can't talk. That's right. It's yeah. it w- and it's not it's not overly tart. You know, I think that sometimes um, people are getting this idea in their head of of tartness, and because of some of the big sour stuff that's become so popular, right. especially around here. And they, they when something somebody says something has tartness, they expect that this it's it, tart more on like the the apple side, like it's right. it's tart like fresh fruit would be like it's 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 funny. We originally when we put up on the tap board, we just called it a peach cider, and we were getting mixed reviews on it. And so I talked to the staff. I said, look, let's just add the word tart in front of it on the board. Let's just call it a tart peach cider. Not because it's overly tart, but it's not overly sweet. At least people know the expectations of what they're buying. Right. It's not a sugar bomb. It's not a sugar bomb. And you know what? The people who didn't buy it before because they thought it was going to be a sugar bomb started buying it. And then the people who were buying it that didn't like it expecting a sugar bomb stopped buying it. <laughs> and we were still net neutral, <laughs> but like doubled our reviews. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's amazing with adding one word. Just You should just put it on tap in a couple different slots and call it different things. Oh, that'd see. be hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see how it does. <laughs> tap one, tart peach. <laughs> tap two, sweet peach. Yeah. Same beer. Good luck. This is, this is fantastic. I, I I really want to sit down and do a cider show one of these days where I can try all of the local stuff and really kind of contrast and compare and because... In my mind right now, I don't think I've tried anything like this around town as far as ciders go. Um, yeah, we're definitely not on the sweet side of stuff. No, this is this is really good, and I feel like it would. I feel like it's got this really crazy potential to have other stuff incorporated with it, be it you know blending or um, other fruits added with yeah, it. Like Absolutely, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 fantastic. It's funny you mention that my 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 wife who's helping us launch food here. Um, we've been making up small five-gallon test batches just to have fun, right? So we did a uh, uh, peaches and cream. So we took this peach and pediment, we put a little bit of vanilla in it, and, you know, again, we're just making up five gallons. We're just playing. It's almost beer cocktail-ish. It's not like we're claiming that it's, you know, Andy brewed it in the back in large-scale professional right. grade, right? Um, it's fun one-off stuff. Yeah, it's just one-off fun stuff. We're having, you know, beer's fun. So that could also be potential for 
a larger scale too. It's something it's test, ba- test batch. Yeah. You know? Some some orange peel or something would be yeah, really good we, too. A little, ooh, little bit yeah. of that bitter kind of orange thing going on. We can't yeah. keep them on tap. This is. <laughs> you know how tired <laughs> I am of making up five gallon batches <laughs> of fruit variants. So we can't keep them on tap. Yeah. With um with cider, can you guys are you allowed to fill growlers and crowlers of cider? So I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> the state of Ohio liquor control lawyers say it's gray. Yep. <laughs> All right. So basically, you know, permission the to. The feds say <laughs> it's gray. <laughs> so basically, you're not going to answer that on the podcast, but no. I'm, I'm not. But you can get it filled in a gray container. It's 32 ounces. If, if you know a guy and you tip really well, because you'll get whatever you want in a growler. To me, that's that's been part of the issue too. Especially, you know, I talked about the Illinois cider show. Right. That not all of the ciders around town are packaged. Very few of them are packaged, as right. far as you know, cans or bottles or something like that. Um, that makes it hard to to sure. get sit down and try a bunch of different ones. You know, it's it doesn't make any sense. It's like I can get a crowler of something that's eleven percent, <laughs> but I have I can't get this four point seven percent cider. Well, it's got fruit in with, it. You, you can with a cork and cage feed. <laughs> Ooh. Can I just tape a cork to the top of your crowler and call it? That would be hilarious. <laughs> We should do that. We should do that. Your, crow- your crowler of uh, peach impediment comes with a cork. That is great. I love this idea. <laughs> we should instead get this. Let's get in the lid so we get these gigantic corks. <laughs> just, just plugs the crowler up. Just plugs the crowler up. <laughs> splashes stuff out. Seals it. Huge three you know, Bartender pulls out this big mallet. <laughs> do not uh, store this on the side. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I. I'm really liking this a lot. This may so far be my favorite thing I've tried today. And granted, I've only tried two things, but um, I like this. Again, I don't know if it's a seasonal thing, but it seems like a really good fall drink to me. The way that 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 dryness in the fruit kind of... I would tell you, we we have demand for ciders year-round. Now, what we want to rotate is the flavor. So after a tart peach, you know, uh, one of the one of the most famous local five gallon test batches we have here is a cider that we call Tropic, like it's hot, <laughs> and it's a, a, a sweet pineapple, pineapple cider. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm tired of playing around with it five gallon batches. So, <laughs> you know, peach impediment's getting a little light in the inventory. And I think we're down to like five half barrels, and we brewed a big batch. I mean, it's going. So I think I think next up might be a tropic like it's hot. I you still know, large would, scale. I would still love to see a barrel aged cider with a little bit of funk to it um, around town. Mm. If somebody could uh, make that happen for me, mm. Mm. just <laughs> just throwing it out there. Barrel aged cider. There's a lot. A, there's a lot going on in what your request there. There's a lot going on in that I, request. Well, uh, yeah, my wheels are turning right now. I, though, I, I, you know, I like, I like the the dry thing that wine barrels bring to beer, and I feel like with cider it would just, it would be perfect. Like, and if you throw a little Brett Ch- Chardonnay barrel there, or cab barrel. Oh, now you're you're well fresh, beyond uh, fresh barrel maybe <laughs> or second use or something. So. You make that happen. You make that happen. <laughs> First, you guys like make that happen. It'll sell. I can sell it. Make it happen, Andy. I already had the project- projections on that. <laughs> I'll forecast it. Forecast says do it. 
<laughs> this this spreadsheet clearly says make it. <laughs> and then I'll show him the numbers and how much it's going to cost. He's like, yeah, you know what? Oh, that spreadsheet says let don't me, make uh, it. Let me, go, let me go crunch those numbers again. I had a math teacher who used to like to say dot, 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 right answer. You just skip the proof. So yeah. <laughs> It's dot, 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 right answer, Andy. Um. <laughs> that kind of sounds like a beer name, honestly. Dot, 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 right answer. Like it. Let's try the next one. This is a cuvee. What is this called? This is Doc Brown Snake Oil. Okay. Tell this me is, a little bit of how this Sure. This about. is, um, well, we want to kind of have just a little bit of fun. So we took one of our smaller tanks, uh, one of our six-barrel tanks, and we mixed in inculpatory F2 isotrope IPA Belgian quad and then sat it on raspberries, fresh raspberries, for several months. We threw in the kitchen that's, sink, too. There's a whole lot going on in there. A lot, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, just sitting here sniffing it, there's a whole lot going on in this. There I, mean, is I, a definitely, lot. Yeah. I definitely get that, that raspberry thing off the top, but yep. there's like, if you put this in front of me and didn't tell me anything about it, I right. think it would confuse me. Yeah. But that, that's the intent. Exactly. <laughs> Shock that's and awe. Snake oil. Shock and awe. Uh, the the name Doc Brown, it's kind of funny. Um, the one of the other owners we have at Fig Leaf uh, oh, is yeah. Richard Brown, and he's a doctor. And uh, he was a firm believer in the cuvee, and stood behind it the whole way, even even in the middle ground where it tasted like crap. <laughs> he was like, "No, we're gonna stick yeah, with there was, it." There was a lot of hoppy stuff up front. Then the, the raspberries <laughs> were a little acidic, so it was a little. A little rough up front, so like, let's but stick in the cooler and keep it going. Just, just keep just it going. Age it, age it. Just keep aging it. Is fine. it done yet? Is it done yet? No. But, stick it in the cooler. But the true Doc no, Brown it still tastes weird. <laughs> it's not ready yet. So we, we had to name it after him. So he's, he's truly Doc Brown. So and, uh, not some kind of Back to the Future reference. Well, it's funny you say that. He owns well, a DeLorean. No lie, he really no does. He of seriously does. does. And he dresses up like Doc Brown uh, of for he Halloween. Does. So yep, he we, does. Have, we have pictures. Yep. And he does own a DeLorean. He does. Although I think one of the brake lights are out, so he hasn't driven up here in a while. But uh, <laughs> I guess it's... Uh, it's uh, really expensive to fix a brake light, brake light on a DeLorean, <laughs> but uh, there's there's a lot of meanings to Doc Brown snake oil. This is this is this is a really weird beer. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's got a lot of like um, soda kind of flavors to me, like lots of. Yep. This one was very small batch. Just spend it's, a minute on this. Yeah. Yeah. Give uh, me just a second. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what's in there's there. There's like. It it isn't as um, it isn't as as big on the the back end as I would think it would be. Like there's not a lot of like a cloying kind of stuff going on at the end because the the yeah. aroma weirds. I, I can't figure it out. There's it smells like it's going to be kind of. We've we've had a lot of people <laughs> say we've had a lot of people say it's a sour that it was a sour wannabe. Sour that didn't right. quite sour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it's not a sour. <laughs> yeah. And there was no intention of it ever being a sour. But, uh, but it was just something to, fun to play fun. around with. It was like, hey, what if we did this? You know, t- uh, t- too many people want you to hit the uh, you know, BJCP guidelines. And you know what? We just had fun. We threw yeah. some stuff together. And let's, let's take the next four we have consumers that like it, and we're going through it in the tap room. It's not a dud. We are selling it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and I keep pulling half barrels up 
so to the tap room. So it's like you know when you were a kid and you would go to some kind of fast food place and you would do the suicide on the yeah. The yes. <laughs> it's a craft beer suicide. It's a craft beer it's suicide. Like, it's, like, it's like you did that and then poured a little beer in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's there's a whole, like I can. That's I, a great analogy. I feel like this is a beer where if I was eating something, I could drink this beer and I would get a really. Really, really strong profile of what this beer was, and then the next day, I would go and I would try something completely different, you know, and then try the same beer with it, and then the beer would be something completely different, like completely like opposite end of the spectrum. I feel like it's a so I, I like to pour it in a sensoric at home and set it on my deck, and pretend like I can like I can wax philosophical, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I don't really wax philosophical, but at least I had this beer while I was doing it, and. Uh, <laughs> I there is there is definitely something about this that I'm really really intrigued by. <laughs> I I don't know if I ever I'm going to walk into the tap room and be like you know what that's what I need to drink right oh, now full pint right now. But but I guarantee <laughs> there are a lot of situations where if somebody brought me a pint of this and I drank it it would absolutely blow my mind. <laughs> does, does that make any sense at all? You know what this <laughs> is? This is just for the, fun. This is the secret. Somebody brought a growler to my Thanksgiving dinner, and I have no idea what I'm drinking. And and by the next morning, I'm like, yeah. I want that again. Exactly. And then and then they bring it back the next day. And you're like, like, this no. is horrible. Yeah, I, don't want, I don't want this. <laughs> what was I thinking? That's, that's absolutely the perfect description. It was of good, it. it was good with turkey and stuffing, but not in the morning with with eggs. Ooh, that I would feel be like Thanksgiving. I'm like, I feel like Thanksgiving. this might be good with a cigar too. Like I'm a big oh. cigar smoker and. Um, I feel like this will be fun. Did you bring of. any cigars? I did not. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a shame. <laughs> Next time we do another podcast, you bring us cigars. We could we we could have walked over there and sat and smoked a cigar. <laughs> How far do your earphones reach? <laughs> I've got extension cables that go really That's far. Awesome. Actually, so we're getting way off topic. Everything <laughs> everything that I do is able to be battery powered. So That's I could cool. just pick the entire setup and go wherever I we could go sit in the middle of that field and do a podcast if we wanted to. Well the good thing is we, we know a few people at Fig Leaf, so I think we could pull off a cigar corner. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. Might have to go sit in the middle of the field and talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have the dirt pile from when the building was built that we call Mount Fig Leaf. Yep. So we could always sit by Mount Fig Leaf. <laughs> yep. The next the next podcast will be from Mount Figley. <laughs> the top of. We, um, With a little known flag at the top of there. <laughs> we, we did one cigar-centric uh, Cincy Brewcast. Uh, in probably season one, if you go back, we did a show from... The Jungle Gym Cigar Festival because oh, nice. oh, when nice. I started yeah. the show with with Mike, Mike was a big cigars fan, and, yeah. and when we started talking about it one day, he's like, "You you like cigars too?" And I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, we got to do a cigar show." <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, all right, you all know, right. like, well, yeah, but I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, sure, shit, we did. I think we drank Yingling Black and Tan because that was all that was on <laughs> nice. tap at the time. But <laughs> nothing wrong with that. You mean black and tan, and and, and uh, what's the vanilla cigars that you get? The black and milds. No, we did have good. We did have good cigars. We um, we had the uh, the dragon's milk cigars. Oh, nice! Um, really? Which kind of played to the theme. Well, yeah. but we couldn't get dragons. But whatever. Of course not. It, was, it was still a fun show. We, yeah. we, we digress. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's that's the other thing we like to do on the show. Um, let's talk about this next one, and that's going to kind of. Um, parlay into the next topic I want to talk about, yeah. which is packaging. Yeah. These two beers, I have um, been desperate to grab some bottles. I'm hoping there's some left here in the tap room for me to grab on my way out the door. There are. They're reserved for you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Sula table, you know. Tabla. Tabla. Right? Table. I don't know French. I learned Sula Spanish. table. That's what everybody just America. Sue. Sula table. Yeah, we, we just call we call her Sue. Um, this is a. Is this a Belgian table? Yep. Okay, so not a table beer at all. Nine, <laughs> nine point four. Yep. You know, so, there's there's the there's a kitchen restaurant called Sur La Table, which means right. on your table because you're putting kitchenware on your table. Right. But this is Sur La Table because if you're not careful, your ass will be on the ground. Or even if you are careful, it's very table. likely. That right. And I was careful a couple nights ago, and I still woke up <laughs> feeling like. Sue did me in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she wrecked me. So you guys have the base and then a variant with... Uh, dark black cherries. Is this... Are these bottles that are going to be popping up around town in some stores? Or we did a pretty small run. Uh, maybe here and there, but I don't think that much. We just did a very small run yeah. of the bottles itself. We did more. Yeah, there, there are a few draft. accounts who wanted a case or two. We reserved that for them. A few bottle shops in the area between uh, you know Westchester and Middletown. Just trying to you know support our, our local bottle shops that are close by. So they'll get they'll get a small. Uh, little reservation of them, but the reason we did it is uh, we played around with this in 2016, actually, right right after we grand open. Right, and uh, I mean, it got to the point where we were starting to get threats. Yeah, <laughs> threats were to weird. bring it back. Yeah, like back alley vasectomies. I think I talked to you about that at one of the events at Jungle Gyms. Right, right. Yeah, it's I weird. wasn't kidding. It was weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird to have someone come in the tap room and say, "Look, you bring this beer back, or I'm going to get a rusty kitchen knife." Yeah. Okay, it's beer. You're taking this way too seriously, but okay, we'll consider it. But uh, honestly, too, we had a lot of businesses on our road, up and down our road, um, that one of them is Belgian-owned. And the CEO of that company said, look, you brew this again, and I'll bring... I'll bring 50, 60 people in my company in. And that's what he did Friday night, last Friday. That's awesome. Because they had had it prior. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the guys had to be Ubered home. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think he underestimated Sue, and we wouldn't let him drive home. But, um, yeah, they, they, they brought about 40... 42 people in Friday night. And I love that you call the beer Sue, like this uh, this, this, this personification Absolutely, of it. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, when I when I smell it, I get that big bubblegum kind of thing. Oh, and yeah, definitely. immediately now, I have this image in my head of Sue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you know I, if anybody has not seen them, the bottles themselves, the artwork on them, uh, get on Facebook or one of those social media platforms and, and search around. I don't know. You can probably just Google it at this point. You can probably find a oh, picture of it. At this point, it. yeah. Probably um, everywhere. It's long, very long live Sue. It's it's yep. very kind of I, I I think it's a nice eighties kind of throwback design. Not that it is, but it's just kind of what it reminds me of. Like uh, I think I told you guys I I thought it, you know Rio from Duran Duran. You know that 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 album art. Like it reminds me of that a lot. Um, with the the winking girl, and now I picture her with this big wad of bubble gum in her mouth and these oh, yeah. big tube socks kind of pulled. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm falling He's in love with really I've even tried the beer. <laughs> just, just smelling it, like I, you know, I've definitely yeah. got this image now. It's, it, it's interesting because we, when we brewed it, we said, "Hey, it's a Belgian Chapelle," and a lot of Belgians out there had French names, like Vindemont, right? right? You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, "Hey, it's got a female personification." That was, was never, that was never, mm-hmm. ever, Mm-mm. the intent. And then as we ripped through it in January of 2016 and it started getting a cult following 
it it took on this female personification on the locals, and it was like, I want Sue. I love Sue. Me and Sue forever. I mean, I mean, we should have made shirts for, for God's sake. Oh man! There, All right, we got to do a re-release now. There's still time. There's still time. But but uh, you know, we didn't want to brood again. For only, the only reason was, look, we were just playing. It was a one-off. It wasn't you know. Finally, we just got beaten. We got beaten until we did it again, and then they loved it. And we had a huge weekend last weekend. Yeah, it was well, crazy. There's something really nice about that too, about being able to have a beer that has that that that's I don't want to call it a slow build, but that right. that that over time up to the the release of it in packaging, so that it can develop that personality, and yeah. then that personality yeah. can come out in the release. And mm-hmm. um, I, I I'm not. I'm not known as the biggest Belgian fan. I don't like those big, like, estery Belgian yeast things. But, I mean, I, I, the bubblegum thing, I, I love it. Like, uh, that is front and center. That is definitely the, 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 the biggest um, flavor thing I get out of is that big bubblegummy sweet. Oh, this, is, this is great. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a beer you're not going to, like the Fest beer, right? The, the Fig Leaf Fest beer. That's a beer I drink when I want to drink it. Pints at a time. Still feel fine. Great for the weather. But the Sula Tabla is a beer that I have. An 8-ounce dark cherry Sioux after dinner. And it's perfect. I don't need 16 ounces. I don't need 20 ounces. I don't need 40 ounces. Matter of fact, I can't even handle beyond 16 ounces, apparently. You tried. I tried. I couldn't well, even wake up. I can definitely see the danger of this beer because yeah, the it does, alcohol is pretty it does hidden. go down really good and there's no hotness there's yeah. no yeah there's no that solvent the, yeah. yeah no solvent to it just very smooth um let's let's drink the you said this is dark cherries let's yes, drink dark this cherries. one and then take a yep, quick dark break yep, since, sounds good since we, i need uh, a refill anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Tell me a little bit about the choice for dark cherries. Why? Why dark cherries? Why not something else? Um, I like to say it was random, but just thinking about all the different fruits that we had to potentially choose from, I was like, wow, just tasting the original. I remember the original and tasting it off of uh, the uh, fermenter. I was like, wow, I think that dark cherries would go really nice with this pair, really, really well with it. And uh, I think it turned out nice. Yeah, we, we talked about how... You know, bubblegum is so fruity. Right. Yeah. And cherries have, you know, Andy and I talked about, they have a tendency to be acidic a little bit. So you kind of, I mean, it's kind of juxtaposition, but it, it, it works. rounds it out a little bit and, right. and doesn't yeah. doesn't make me drink it as quickly. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm i more apt to kind of sip at this a little longer, whereas that one was going down way quicker than <laughs> Right. Well, we, yeah. we, we had some friends in the beer industry that we all know <laughs> talk about, uh, a term they're using now called the Kool-Aid Kids. <laughs> yep. Like the, oh yeah, Kool-Aid Kids, right? And uh, they like sweet, and they like fruity, and they like big, and they like bold, and they want to bust through a wall, and they're going to buy a bunch of it. <laughs> yep. And by damn it, we made a Kool-Aid Kid beer. So if you're a Kool-Aid Kid, you need to have the dark cherry soup. <laughs> I, 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 I think that that is going to, like, I feel like that's going to scare people off a little bit. It might. This, I'm a little bold. I don't think that this is <laughs> that, like, in your, I've definitely had those beers the that Kool-Aid are Kool-Aid Kid beers. The milkshake brings yeah, all the boys This is definitely not I don't, the top I, It's not a milkshake. Like yeah. I, I feel like this is definitely, like, a nice, like, like you said, after dinner, you can sit yeah. down, you can sip on this. 
I mean, maybe there's going to be Kool-Aid kids that pound it down and <laughs> bust through a couple walls. you got to remember, they didn't hire me for Ask my palate. under a table. Nobody that hired me true. for my palate. That is so true. <laughs> this, again. Brian doesn't like it. We're going to roll with it. <laughs> That's true. That's so it's true. right where we want it. Let's, let's, take, <laughs> let's take a quick break so that this does not turn into a four-hour Cincy Brewcast. Um, although, I feel like it probably could, and I would be okay with that. But... Um, Let's uh, let's pay some bills. We'll be back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. You know, there's no need to be uptight. <laughs> beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today. Right? That is that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. We're <laughs> listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Submissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Broadcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. I, this show, we need a, we need like a behind the scenes like video broadcast of just everything that 
<laughs> oh, Lord. So uh, we were telling some war stories. Of, so everybody here seems injured. <laughs> and, and, and evidently those injuries sometimes have funny stories attached. <laughs> <laughs> they do. But we keep on making the beer anyways. So. Oh, there we go. trivia show here in about five or six minutes or so, just at the top of the hour. We'll just give them a second. It's like being in an airport when you're trying to talk home. Um, now, now boarding flight 1410. I've, I've, had, I've had one show where... We were in the Moorline Malt House. Yeah. So if anybody's been to the Moorline Malt House, you know how sound carries in there, where we were trying to record a show while a live band was playing. Oh, Jesus. That was fun. Um, He's going to be a little bit. I'm going to grab a piece. You know why that's so loud. It's the speaker, speaker right now. That's awesome. That's all right. That's all right. Live show bloopers. <laughs> Um, he said five. He's still going. Worth your while to go check it out. Again, my name's Mark. If you got any questions, feel free to ask me before we get started. So, you can listen to this episode of Sense of Brewcast and play trivia at the same time. <laughs> if I if I yell out a random answer, it's because I'm also listening to trivia. It'll be all right if we can just point it a little bit that way. A little bit of background sound is probably okay. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like I should ask people that are listening, like, it's okay, guys, right? And I'm waiting for somebody to answer. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't care. I and mean, we're in our car having fun. Yeah, it's funny. I went, I went to the bar on our little break here just to get another pour, and I had seven questions on the way through, like a gauntlet. You doing a podcast? You doing a podcast? You doing a podcast? What's that radio thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> should have given you some, like, stickers to hand out. Yeah, since you yeah, We don't even have any stickers. Hey, yeah, stickers. stickers. I, I would have passed them out. Um, Let's talk about kind of the the present, the future, the sure. the bigger picture stuff. So, obviously, we've talked about it a little bit here and there. Food. You guys have food now, finally. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we we uh, we kind of got tired of the same food truck companies. Grandma's dying. It's like, how many grandmas do you have? Well, yeah. So. I feel like that's a whole show in itself about <laughs> food trucks and that's when they cancel on you yeah. and. Well, part, I, feel part like, of it, I feel like there's somebody that works for every food truck that their entire job is to sit on a computer. Oh, my favorite person in the world. There he is. Uh, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep we, it anonymous. We won't, he knows. <laughs> Everybody that's listening now knows who I'm talking about. Um, so I feel like there's somebody that works for every food truck. Yeah. That literally sits on the computer and watches Facebook and looks oh, yeah. at how many people RSVP to whatever that event is. And they make a decision. And if it doesn't hit a number, they say, all right, well, we have an injury. We, yep. somebody out. died. We're, we're you know, we're not coming. And in, 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 I agree. In their defense, one of the things that has never been true is there's not a lot of local food trucks in bridging the Dayton Cincy Gap. Right. So that means that a lot of food trucks that we've hired are from... Downtown Dayton, downtown Cincinnati, That's, Kentucky, Troy. It, it's it's an excuse, but it's, it's not excuse. to me. It's not a good one. So if if, we'll it, agree. if agree. you if you have a bad day here, you have a bad day here. It doesn't. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. You can't you can't pack up and go somewhere else. So as as a food truck, if you agree to come out to a business, you're partnering with that business for that period of time. You're going to be there. You're putting your balls on the line too, the same way that they are already doing well, that's right. every single day. Same way I'm staffing my tap room the same night, right? Yeah, I, um, I I feel I, very strongly about this topic. No, and 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 I'm aligned with you. It's um, 
I try to keep. I mean, Andy would say I'm I'm probably a little too nice, but I try to keep a. I'm a business owner. You're a business owner, right? And I understand where you're coming from as a business owner. You're gonna you're gonna get in your truck from Troy. You're gonna load up four hundred dollars worth of food, and you're, then you're gonna drive sixty miles or whatever it is, you know, forty miles. And you're gonna go to a place that yeah, they have a good crowd, but you only can fit so much food on that truck after you drove forty miles, right. and you only have so much propane. Uh, whatever you, you know, the, the mobile restaurant problem is that you are fixed the moment you leave. Your resources are fixed. If they have a crappy night, doesn't matter. You're just out gas money. If they have an amazing night, you're leaving soon. So last week, we had a Marvel-themed trivia. I, this place was packed to the gills. The food truck had to leave in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. 20, 20 oh, minutes. Man. <laughs> minutes. Because... They had a fixed amount of space and preparation, and our crowd consumed it. See, I've watched the Great Food Truck Race a couple times. Can't you just, like, <laughs> run to the grocery store and get something? Phone a friend? <laughs> you would hope. I don't know. I, again, this is this is a huge topic, and we should probably get somebody from the Queen well, City Food Truck Association or somebody on to do a show. To, We're going to do that. To answer your question, when you stock your own food... And you, and you go through your own food, you make your own choices. And so, you know, yeah, we're starting simple. We're starting with pizza. We're starting with pretzels. We have grandiose visions beyond pizza and pretzels. We only started there because it's it's a stage game. And I would rather have something on a Wednesday night during trivia, which you can probably hear in the background, which we're doing right now. I'd rather have something available here than a food truck who has the risk of leaving in 20 minutes. Yeah, it... Or no shows. Or no or shows. Cancels or, or like has an axle minute. that breaks. Or. <laughs> I, I will take that as an excuse if it actually. <laughs> right. It's the grandma Send excuse. the photo. <laughs> yeah, show me your axle. Uh, let's, let's talk. So, taproom experience obviously is very important to a place like this where a lot of the people that come out here, especially on. It's a Wednesday night. You guys, from what I can tell, have a pretty good crowd. Yep. I assume most of these people live somewhat locally and that they just, this is their hangout spot. How do you kind of balance growth in those two sides? I know that distribution has to also be important to you guys because you guys are pretty big <laughs> as far as the, the beer side of things. You know, I, I imagine you need to send out some beer to, to, to make it all work and Absolutely. And I think that we try to balance that pretty well. Um, but I think that, especially right now, I think we have 14 different beers on tap in the cider and uh, several wines. So I think um, having a variety of stuff, different flavors and options of non-beer items helps out as well. When, when it comes time to put money into something... Mm -hmm. How how is that how is that balance decided though? Like, how do you guys sit there and really like sure hash that out and figure that out? I think some of it comes down to the style that we're brewing too, and if it's going to be a house beer or if it's something that's a, a one off, um, you know, we might do smaller batches if it's going to be a one off, and something that is a beer style that we know is going to be a slow burn, we'll do smaller batches of that. But if something if you throw out an imperial IPA or a hazy IPA, we know you better scale that up pretty pretty sizable because we'll go through through the tap room and also distribution. 
Yeah, and you talked about uh, earlier, you talked about regrets, right? And, and us opening, you know, we were talking about it with respect to opening this location, but I think one of the things that Andy, when, when we sit around and drink a beer, we say, you know, what, what's a true regret? You know, it's not, it's not business problems. Everybody has business problems. But I think the one the one area that we I think we wish we would have started with is a packaging line, right? Uh, yeah. But you know what? Three, four. Even though we're only going to be two years old this October, we've been business planning this thing for four years. I mean, it's 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 a long. You know, people don't realize how much history is before your grand opening. And uh, back then, yeah, packaging line. We'll get there. Yeah, it's important, but it's not. You know. No, right, we'll get there. We'll grow into it. We we, we, we should have started with a packaging line. But you know what? It's crystal ball stuff. And I think you talk about growth, you talk about future, you talk about where we need to put our money. And where that is, it's it's finding a way to get a packaging line in here. And it's finding a way that for the beers that people love, the ones that have a lot of brand equity, we get them in package and do it consistently. Not in mobile canning, play around, kind of get on shelves occasionally. Like... I want to see this beer on the shelves so if, every Monday. If I want to get Hook, I want to be able to run to that store that I know that it's there and I can just get it. That's right. That's right. And, 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 and what I'm finding personally, and this is personally, I'm, I have no market research to this. I've got no scientific anything to back this up. But I really feel like a lot of people would rather go buy a six-pack and go home around the fire with their friends and hang out. You haven't met my friends. I'd much rather come here and hang out with strangers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see a lot of people that just want to hang out at a brewery all night, you know? They don't want to come at 5 o'clock and drink, you know, back in the day we used to go to BW3s and drink 22-ounce tall boys and play Golden Tea for 10 hours. There's a story on that one, too. There is, but... <laughs> I don't know. I personally feel like those days are gone. I think it's I think it's a six pack campfire culture now, and you got to be in package. You can't take you can't take Growler's canoeing too easily. Uh, I feel like that's a challenge. I feel like I could uh, <laughs> Growler's uh, maybe not Growler's. Hell yeah, you can. Yes, you can. We have them. So why not? Um, so. Uh, we can assume that you guys are not just ignoring the packaging side of things. Absolutely it is a, not. It We're is a pursuing it. very, very in-your-face discussion every time anybody sits down as far as no. the, uh, the brewery. Yeah. We're aggressively pursuing packaging, and it's, it's, it's not because... You know, we're trying to conquer the world on a Kroger reset. It's it's because we have a lot of fans that want beer, and they want it in a six-pack to go, right. and they want to find it at their Kroger as opposed to driving 20, 30 minutes to the bridge of the gap between Cincinnati and Dayton. Kroger or Jungle Gyms for all of us. That's right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, have a, we have a huge following in Montgomery County. Well, if I have a choice in Montgomery County between I drive all the way down to the Monroe, board, Monroe Middletown border. Right. Or I just run up to Austin Landing Kroger. I want an Austin Landing Kroger, you know, and that's that's a lot of what we're feeling. My experience with beer has changed a whole lot in the last 
18 months because of the little hellion that lives in my house now. Sure. Yeah. Um, right. There, there, game changer. there are a lot of nights where it's like, yeah, I would, I would love to go to a brewery and grab a couple crowlers and a couple pints and do that whole thing. But you guys understand the way that works. That ends. Absolutely. It's not a quick trip anymore. <laughs> you just you yeah. sit down and you drink It's like you're packing for a war when you have a little one. Uh, to be able to run into a grocery store or a bottle shop or whatever it is and just grab something on your way home from work or whatever yeah, that may be and absolutely. throw it in the fridge and... Um, well, we've even seen it too. We've quietly done packaging. to yourself on the couch while you're drinking it. Like that's that's the normal. Well, the, 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 baby, the baby could sleep upstairs while you're having a beer, watching a movie. <laughs> right. We've right? done uh, packaging before, and it's gone very well. Oh, absolutely. You know, Any whether it be in bottles done, or cans, in a week, it's, it's crazy. And and even though we've had it in the tap room stuff like that, it's sold out. So we we see that the, the demand is definitely there. Yeah, you just you, you you just can't you know. I'm I, again. I joked. I'm the finance spreadsheet guy. You can't you can't run a viable business constantly outsourcing a core competency, and packaging is a core competency for breweries. And if you continue to outsource it, there is there is no profitability in it. And we played around with it. We wanted to see. We wanted to test the market, and that's what we were doing. Is there profitability in this? Is is there a market for this? And there is. Right. The problem is you can't continue to outsource it, and so you got to put a business hat on. Beer is fun, the market is fun, but at the end of the day, we're running a business, and you got to find a way to get what you need. And we need package, not because we want to go toe to toe with the Ryan guys of the world. That's not the intent. Not not at all. We just want to be in a format. We want to have as many levers to pull, right? You want crawlers? Got it. You want you want to come into the tap room and experience the draft? Got it. You want to go to Kroger and you want to just buy a six pack? We want it, right? It's it's the levers. It's not we're not trying to go toe to toe with everybody. You like fig leaf? We want to be in as many levers as possible for you. You know, convenience wise. How do you how do you build that though? How do you get those people that? Don't already know they want fig leaf to want fig leaf. Like, how do you, how do you do that? If, if I figured it out, I'd be eleven thousand barrels a year. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it, that's that's the the weird side of things now. It, like it used to be just, oh, there's a new brewery. There's a local brewery that we haven't been to. That's that's where we're going tonight. We we need to we need to try everything. We need to go there. We need to see what it's all about. And I feel like we're losing that a little bit. Like, I feel like people have gotten, well, and I say people as in the, the loud uh, beer geek world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear this, oh, I don't care anymore. I, I've i got my spot, and I, I just don't care about anything else. The, the, the wider and more vast we focus, the less success we have. The more that we as owners and staff are here and talk with people and sit with them and shake their hands and help them move tables because they have two kids and they want a board game and, and they just are that's, trying to sit down, that's a, the better success we have. That's a really powerful insight that I, that I wish more people understood, that it's not necessarily just throwing your beer around and no. standing there and just spreading, spreading your seed amongst the world. Right. Like it's... it's 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 holding really tight to what what this is, and people will come, people will try it, people will you know sample the experience, and if that experience is good, they'll let it build, and they'll. That's right. That's the way it always worked. That's the way it always was. If you really look at it, that's that's what made 
craft beer become what it was. It was people finding that experience, whatever that experience may be. It may be right. sitting around a campfire with a crowler at their neighbor's house. It may not be something you guys can necessarily control, but the experience is no different now than it was you know, we, we, we had a beer called Isotrope. It was an IPA. It was one of our original four when we grand open. You know, we, we let the market lead us to believe that it wasn't that sought after until we didn't do it again. And then we realized how sought after it was. And there's a whole culture in the tap room. I mean, we got a guy that comes in here religiously. We call him Isoman. <laughs> His name is Isoman to everybody. Because of Isotrope. And he's become somebody who I will sit down with whenever I see him, and I will ask him his opinion of how we're doing. I want his candid, don't pull any punches. All right, Isoman, what do you think? Hey, your lineup's crap. Your staff is lacking. I tried to check out and they didn't even wait on me, right? Whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But but why? Why does he care? He cares because he's already made the decision to love our brand. It's not about Isotrope. He got the name Isoman because that's all he ordered. But you know what? When we rolled out in Culpatory, that's all he ordered. He didn't even care about Isotrope anymore. But to me, it's become a, a symbol. The Isoman has become a symbol. And when I see Isoman, you know what I do? I sit with him. I don't care how busy I am. I sit with him and I shake his hand and I ask him, how are we doing? And I listen. I might not agree with everything he says, but we listen because those are the people in the community that want to make this company a success. It's not the people down on the banks in the river, nothing, nothing against them, but they're down there for a different reason than why Isoman has made a decision to come to Fig Leaf personally. Right. Right? And so I want Isomans. That's what I want. I want Isomans here, and I want to get to know Isomans or Isowomens or whoever, and I want to get to know them, and I want them to tell me how to make our company great. Because that, that to me, is what is the difference. It's not... I mean, we need to push units because we need to pay bills. I mean, that, that's got to happen, or we can't be in business. But it's the isomans of the world. It's that passion behind why they're here and why they drink what they drink. I want isomans. It's, I mean, it's. I, I don't know how to express like how important that idea is, and I feel like that the places that I see struggle or the places that I see you know, fighting, even just the the overall. Um, beer geek crowd like I, I feel like it's those places that forget that or have never really understood that or grasped that idea um, yep. I, I, I wish I could just shine a spotlight on that whole yeah. idea right now well um, here's one thing I've learned sound effect yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's one thing I've learned I'm, I'm in a unique position I joke that I'm the finance guy but um, I'm in a unique position where I've, I've had to sort of run the tap room for a, a tick uh, not because I wanted to but because I had to and it's it's a it's funny you sit behind spreadsheets like I do and it's very easy for the woes of business to consume you especially business of this size and then you spend 15 minutes with a customer who loves you and you're like this this is why I'm doing it but you that's know? so 
like they're you know you hear a lot of people talk about why they fell in love with the brewery or you know whatever that that thing may be it there's there's a tie that people have to these places when they open and it's really easy as in my opinion it's really easy as somebody that's a spreadsheet guy or somebody yeah. that's 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 a brewer guy or you know whatever it like it's really easy to get stuck in those worlds and you know maybe you brew a beer that you think is the most amazing thing in the world and then nobody's buying it and you're back there standing on the brew deck like what the, what the hell's going on like why aren't people drinking this why don't people care about this and or from the spreadsheet side you know you're sitting there behind it like why, why is this happening why is this like this and it's really easy to get sucked into those those worlds and forget that that's not the business. Like, yes, that's the business, but that's not, not the, the business. business. The business is these people sitting right, out here at these tables playing trivia and drinking beers and you know, sitting there with their dogs and their kids. And their giant so, Jenga that's really loud. Like, th- that's what this is about. Like, it's so much simpler out here than it is back there. Yeah. But, <laughs> it really is. But, and and this, this is the soul of what makes this all work. And I feel like uh, it, it's, it's not respected enough. It's not understood enough between some of the people that yeah. are around. And, yeah. uh, and that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to understand why are you here? Not, not because we're asking you, like, why are you here? I mean, it's because. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> doing? Well, get, get the hell out. Why you, here? you don't live here. <laughs> this ain't your place. This ain't your home. Uh, I've been to those places. Oh, yeah. 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 But, you know, it's, uh, there's a, there was a TED Talks, and anybody who listens to this podcast, you know, I, I encourage you to listen to the Golden Why. All of our listeners also listen to TED Talks. There you go. The, go- <laughs> the Golden Why, right? Why are you doing it? Why are you here? Why did you make the choice? Right. That's that's what we need to focus on and you know what that's what we're trying to focus on right now is especially we're, we're, we're thinking about what do we brew next right we're in transition as a company we've been a very aggressive adding food you know brewing what we need to brew changing distributors i mean it's been a yeah, very beers aggressive, on the taproom board yeah cider very wine, aggressive three, yeah. three months now i want to know and andy i just talked about this yesterday in the brew on the brew floor i want to know what do people want next I don't want to know what the distributors want next. I don't want to know what our competitors think we should or shouldn't do next. I want to know, you know, from the consumers, what do you want next? And I want to, I want to meet that need. That's why we're here. I'm not here to make beer because we like Belgians. I'm not here to make beer because my favorite style is Scotch Ale. I mean, I buy one beer at a time. I'm not going to keep this business alive on my beer, my, my wallet, right? What is it that people are looking for? And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get with the consumer. We're trying to understand what is is and is not working. And we'll get like our fruit beers, right? That's right. You know, like we didn't beers. have fruit beers, and uh, people were starting to ask for them, just similar to, like, ciders and wines and stuff. Yeah. And we're like, you know what? All right, that's what they want. Let's go give it to them. Yeah. Not everything's perfect day one, but you know what? We have a green apple Riesling, and I walked a girl out the other night with, like, seven wine bottles corked in cage of the green apple Riesling. Not the Crowlers that were corked. It was actual wine And I'm wine sitting bottles. here like, you know what? This wine was a hobby thing for us, and you keep coming back buying seven bottles of green apple Riesling. And you're not the only one. And you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily need to be famous for green apple Riesling, but you know what? We're going to make it again. And we have right. another two... Two batches in the back, and we're bringing it back because people are walking out of it, out of the tap room, in boxes of the stuff. Right. We're yeah. we gonna win a Sonoma Valley Award? Hell no. <laughs> no, we're Hell not. Hell no. 
but we're having fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that sums it up perfectly. Um, are we gonna Are we gonna give a hint at the other thing that we've been talking about tonight? The project that we may be working on together. Oh, absolutely. Hey. So, sir, well, it, was, it was one time down in Newport. There was one time down in Newport, <laughs> which I feel like comes up on this show like every two or three shows somebody asks about it. Um, yeah. The One of the funnest stories I have to tell about my life, <laughs> one of my wife's worst, worst stories. Worst uh, <laughs> nights of her life. So, yeah. when you guys... So, we're going to kind of collaborate a little bit. I don't know how much I don't know if collaborate's the right word because I sure. know nothing about anything. Um, so I'm going to kind of hang out with you guys <laughs> throughout this process um, to create something. Uh, if anybody knows the couple of styles that I absolutely love, um, we probably Box, talked about it a little bit when yes. we were talking about the Oktoberfest. Yeah, I love Oktoberfest beers. Yes. Yep. Bach beers. Yep. Yes. I also love Pilsner's. I've already kind of collaborated on one of those with Big Sis. Yep. So there's only a couple things left. Yeah. Oktoberfest season's done, so that leaves one other thing. Big yeah, box. So yeah, so maybe some big box coming. Oh yes. yeah. I think um, I think doing a box with you'd be fun. We should we should brewcast the brew day maybe. Absolutely. Oh that'd be fun. And yeah. uh Yeah, I mean you were at Hopper House, they do box, so <laughs> Definitely. I haven't been in Hoffer House for a while. <laughs> so, so. Due to the legal ramifications. So technically, when so when I got arrested at well, on the sidewalk in front of Hoffbrow House, despite what Hoffbrow House says, I was never kicked out of Hoffbrow House. I was never arrested at Hoffbrow House. Um, uh, technically, the Newport Police Department in their police report wrote up that I was banned from every Hofbrau house, every single one of them. All of so them. So somehow, even Munich. Yes, somehow the Newport Police Department has banned me from Hofbrau House in Munich. You know what that makes somehow. me want to do? That makes me want to brew a bock that we serve and leaders. Oh. Yes. I think we can get about. A little package of liter glasses here in honor of... We could probably work something out. We, could, we need to talk about that. I could probably, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm okay serving liters. <laughs> so, I, I know people who will sit here and be DD drivers for people. So stay tuned for more information about this. And for my wife, I'm sorry. When, when we first started talking about it, I brought it up and I said, Honey... Uh, I've been talking to Fig Leaf, and they have this really, really cool idea. And she's like, oh, what is it? And I kind of told her, and she's like, oh, we have to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's better to, better to celebrate it than to be ashamed of it. That's what we do story. in the craft brewery industry. We take uh, lemons and make them into lemonade. Right? That's right. Um, shandies. We make them into shandies. Shandy box. Shandy box is coming. I'm no, just kidding. No way it's happening. <laughs> There's potential there. Let's do it. No, there's not. Is there, is, there such thing, is there such thing as a Bach Rattler? A Bach Rattler. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a thing that people do that is horrible. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll talk about all of that. Um, if anybody has not been to Fig Leaf, please, please, please make the trip out here. I know for some of you guys that listen, it probably seems like a day trip. And make it a day trip. Come out here. A little mile, yeah, yeah. mile off the highway. There, there is food now, yeah, so you can come out here. You can hang out. There is clearly giant jenga, as you heard. There is clearly trivia on Wednesdays, as you heard. Nice it patio. is a uh, definitely a, a family friendly place. Dog friendly on the patio, as the uh, Boston Terrier that is just sitting there, just loving life. <laughs> 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 Get a test for. Um, um, 
you guys, you guys are nailing it. I, I, I really wish I could package the whole conversation about why you do this and just mail it out to everybody because it's we'll package it in your box beer. It is it kind of sums up you know why why I do what I do and I, I appreciate that other people get it so. Yeah. Well, thank Absolutely. you very much. Thank, thank you, for you being guys here. very Appreciate much. So, thank you. Uh, everybody, we'll be back next week. Uh, I think we're sticking to this whole northern Butler, the southern Butler County uh, trip. I think we're at Rivertown next week. So we're going to stick with things and talk about well, Butler County beer, which is a thing now. <laughs> I love it. It's crazy, right? I love this life. <laughs> Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.